Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather coming at you on a Tuesday. Joining me now lives in Chicago, but Louisiana lives in his heart. Writes for the birdrights.com, Canal Street Chronicles covering the Saints, does podcasts for them, Saints, Pelicans, he is in the know. He is, um, he says, impatient bull on Twitter. I, I read his handle as I'm patient. But then maybe he's saying, but that's bull. So either way you look at it, it can kind of be an oxymoron. There's a way in and out of it. It kind of, you know, it, it can flow one way or the other with the tide, which I like. He got out based on his sports patience or lack thereof. Chris Connor joins me now. Good morning, Chris. How's life? Good morning, Scott. Um, I, I, just, I just have one question, man. Why are you the way that you are? You know what? My uh, my wife asked me that question almost every day, and it's a question that um, my parents asked, you know, various uh, doctors and teachers when I was a kid. And I don't know that anyone they've had people give them answers, but I don't know that anyone's given them a, a, a specific one that makes sense in the medical term, you know. Okay. All right. Well, that's good enough for me. Hey, yeah. man. Uh, pleasure to be on, man. Um, you know, let's, you know. Let's talk, man. Uh, so I I am um, in Lafayette, Louisiana, and uh, despite the fact that the Pelicans play in this state, I am 76 miles away from where the Pelicans broadcast for preseason games gets cut off. Uh, so it's dumb, and I didn't want to go look for a stream while my kids jumped on me to try to get you know more viruses on my computer. So I did not see any of the game. Uh, what happened? And judging from my timeline, it was, oh wow, the 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 Pelicans who were the best preseason team ever in meaningless games look terrible. To an hour or so later, okay, Trey Murphy's going to try to win this thing. Uh, any any legit takeaways from the preseason opener for you and Willie Green's first pre head coach? Well, you know, um, I. I know that some fans uh, sometimes get caught up in, you know, how the team overall looks, right? Um, You know, but, you know, we have to keep in mind that this is a team that hasn't lost a preseason game in two seasons. And at the end of, you know, the regular season in both those years, it didn't didn't amount to anything, right? There was no, you know, there there was no, no reward for that. There was no championship. There was no extra, no extra money that came with it like this. There's nothing. There's, there's no incentive for for going undefeated or you know winning these preseason games. But what you can take from them the way that teams look, certain improvements that they make, and you know I mean there are some things to you know to look at now. You know uh, you know the Pelicans played a played a Timberwolves team that you know I mean they they looked they had the Timberwolves had the intensity of a team especially early on. Um, the first half, they had the intensity of you know of a team that played in, as if it was a regular season game, and you know, hey, I mean, there's you know there's some pluses to that, and you know there's also some you know some downsides to that. They won't be playing. You know, they played the Pelicans in the regular season. When they play, they won't be playing. They won't play against some some of these guys, right? There's no Zion, no Giannis. I mean, no, Jesus, no Giannis. Uh, no, no Jonas. Uh, you know, you're looking at. Um, you know some other some other guys that probably won't be playing minutes. You won't see Garrett Temple, you know, starting or anything like that. But um, 
I mean, if you're looking for, you know, for positives, I, I mean, you know, we can start with Najee Marshall. I mean, he, you know, picked right back off where he was for summer league, uh, and he wasn't the only one. You know, Najee played was the guy that played with the with, with, with the most intensity of the guys that ended up starting. Um, you know, the, on the defensive end, you know, he looked to he was active offensively, trying to make things happen for others. He was active on the boards. Uh, you know, he was a guy that that consistently found found ways to, you know, try to keep the Pelicans uh, starting lineup in it that had a had a rough second quarter in which, you know, that was pretty much where if there was anything negative to take away from the game, that's where it started. The Pelicans got really careless with the basketball, multiple multiple turnovers, you know, consecutive ones to where, you know, the Timberwolves were doing, you know, they were just they were having time of their lives with highlight dunks and fast break plays, you know, repeatedly. But, um, you know, it's good to get these things out and, you know, get these, work these kinks out early on. Uh, Pelicans had some half-court, some half-court problems offensively, you know, as well, which you should expect without that, um, you, you know, and your, and your new starting center, you know, in JV. But, yeah, you, you know, um, Brandon Ingram, constant look good. Uh, also look active defensively. Uh, you know, that's going to be something, you know, to keep your eye on. Uh, jury's going to be out on, on Devontae Graham, you know, turn the ball over a little bit too much for my liking, but, but knock down a couple threes. But, um, you know, the biggest takeaways from this game outside of Najee, I mean, you know, you're going to look at Mikhail Alexander-Walker, who looks, you know, ready. Um, he's living. If you bought into all the hype, that it happened over the off season. He showed up ready to play, and it's, you know, and even if you know, there's only so much that you can take away from these games. It's just good to watch in, in, in your first game of watching any basketball. You watch him immediately look like the guy that you thought he would. Along with Trey Murphy, who shot lights out, is going to be ready to play. Herb Jones looked looked really good, and Jackson Hayes had some moments before he uh, went out with a sprained ankle. Chris Connor, our guest. Where, where is your, where's your confidence level with this team currently, Chris? Scale of one to ten, ten being the highest, one being the lowest. Where's your confidence level with them in in regards to actually competing this season and reaching, I think, a, a an expectation of, you know, being a playoff team, uh, more than just a play in game team, but six, seven, something like that, and I guess seven technically you're in the playing game, but you, I think there is still a big difference between seventh and tenth, right, in the West. Where's your expectation level? Well, look, I mean, um, I think, um, you know, to answer your question in regards to a number, I mean, I, I'd probably be somewhere around the, around the six, seven, just because, you know, you never know. But, um, I mean, look, they're as deep as they've, as, as they've ever been in, maybe in franchise history in certain areas, which is really going to be important for this team. Um, Especially at the wing position. I mean, they're very, very deep there, and they have, they, you know, you're looking at a team that, you know, they have, like, I saw just a bunch of professional basketball players yesterday, and you know, I saw quite a few, and some that may not even, they may not even be able to get minutes for them when the season starts, and that's important for them because we know that injuries are going to happen. We know that they're going to have games with, you know, with certain guys aren't available, and you're going to need other guys to step up. Um, I just like the overall flexibility that the team that the team has, and I think once you 
once you are able to, you know, to plug in a healthy Zion and you can plug in, you know, you know, you know, uh, a healthy Jonas Valanciunas, I think that it's going to add, you know, different elements to this team. Now, it's hard to tell because we don't know who, what the starting lineup is going to be like. Willie Green is going to mix up these these lineups more than likely a few times, and you only have three additional preseason games, and then you have about a week before uh, the regular season starts at home against Philadelphia. So um, it's going to be tricky, you know, because we don't know. I mean, Zion probably won't play, but, you know, I mean, he's going to, uh, you know, all, all signs are pointing towards him being ready to start the regular season. We don't know if we'll see Jonas. I mean, so, you know, these lineups are going to be, they're going to be, um, you know, interchangeable between them. But I am confident that the Pelicans have more players ready to contribute right away than they did last year. And, and, you know, and maybe, and maybe the year before that in important positions. So, I think that's that's going to be the key for the team. I, I mean, everybody has mentioned. I mean, I've, you've heard repeatedly come from the, from the team, from the players. Like we want to make, want to have another year where we're where we're on the outside looking in, and that's important to hear from your guys. It's just a matter of you know how are these lineups going to work, and that's what that's what um, that's what Willie Green is trying to figure out right now. I mean, he, he said it over and over again. I'm trying to see. What lineup pairings work? I'm not worrying about li- lineup status. You know, uh, you know, if a guy's a starter or he's coming off the bench, he's trying to see who plays best together. And you know, I think they have enough pieces and you know enough depth. And when we're talking about athleticism and length, and you know, uh, they have they're going to have more shooting this year. You know, it's just a matter of you know how quickly they can you know they can gel together and get these guys on the floor. But yeah, I mean, to start the season, the schedule isn't all of that, all that difficult on paper. Um, I am trying to have realistic optimism, but I like some of the things that I saw yesterday. And I think the team can actually be pretty good. Um, I mean, fingers crossed it's healthy. Chris Connor, our guest, ESPN 1420. Chris, this is the question that I think people really want to know and are anxious to hear your response to. Uh, and things that I know that you you've you've talked about, um, you know that you think about a lot, and that is, what player on the team would you want to hang out with most if you know you're just like going out and chilling, you know, going out for the night, maybe partying, maybe chilling. I don't know, whatever you know, whatever you know, you're in the mood for. But who's the guy on the roster? You're like, you know what? I'm gonna we we we, we vibe. That's who I want to. That's who I want to hang out with. Man, um, so I think it really depends on the day. Like, okay, so if if I am having just a, just in just a great day to where everything is flowing and kicking, and I need just great vibes around me, I'm probably looking to hang with Billy Hernan Gomez. I don't think that man. I don't think he's been the one. That, like, I, he's always smiling. He always <laughs> seems to be happy. I don't know if he enjoys adult beverages like I do. I don't know what he's into when he's not, you know, uh, when he's not on camera or when he's not, uh, you know, on social media or joking. But, mm-hmm. I mean, everybody just seems to love to do, you know. Uh, I don't know how many minutes he's going to play on this team if, you know, if healthy, I, you know, if, if, if everyone's healthy. Um, but, I mean, you know, he's, just, you know, he's there for the vibes, man. 
And that's a guy that I want to be around to kind of to kind of keep my day where it's at, and maybe uplift it even more. Like he 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 just he's good for stuff like that. Yeah, you know, go out get some matching day, tattoos, right? Maybe some matching ink. Yeah. You know, slow down, slow down, slow down. Okay, um, uh, <laughs> outside of outside of that, if my day's a little bit more in the middle, you know, and I'm just looking to not necessarily be around a bunch of people. Probably Brandon Ingram, because I think that B.I. secretly knows how to have a good time and probably will do it in a, in a, in a scenario where it's not a bunch of people, it's a little bit closed off, but, you know, you end up having the time that you're expecting. And, um, you know, I'm just going to leave it just to leave it at that. Trey Murphy as well, I like what I've seen so much from well, so far from him. He's probably an honorable mention. Um, I'm forgetting. I'm so used to the Pelicans, but to you know the rookies coming on the team being 19, you know, you know, years old. I mean, Trey is coming in, onto the team at you know a solid 21 years old. He's a grown man, and he's been able to show that maturity and his personality a lot going, you know, to to start things. So that's probably another guy I might, you know, I might kick it with. But mm-hmm. um, you know, more so in my age group, I'd say Billy. And bi and you know depending on the day I'm having. Now now who's the player? You know what? You, uh, sorry, I got the text. You know, want to chill, and you, you you come up with the excuse. Nah, man, my girls. Uh, you know, we got <laughs> it's Grey's Anatomy night. Can't make it out. Who are you? Who are you making an excuse <laughs> to not hang out with? Uh, I um, I'm not hanging with Jackson Hayes. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> I, I I I just I I don't I don't know mm-hmm. um, if if it's <clears> you I because it's too unpredictable. Right. That's all. That's that's all I can say in regards mm-hmm. to like a party style. I don't I don't know if me and him will mesh well. Uh, you know, he seems like he shakes his hair a lot when he gets excited. Uh, when he starts to dance, I'm you know I I, I don't know if I need that kind of energy necessarily. Yeah, no, you you want you want to keep it a little low key, you know, and just um... yeah. I, I just I, I don't I think I think I think Jackson brings a little bit too much attention. He's tall. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Much people are gonna notice him and know and uh-huh. you know they know he plays the sport. They they don't want to come around and touch his hair. And then I'm gonna just kind of be, just be there. And then they don't want to talk to me. Maybe I don't want to talk to them. You know, it's just it's not not gonna be it's not sure. gonna mess well for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think I could hang with, like, yesterday wouldn't have been a bad day to hang out with Zion when Instagram was down, you know, because uh, he wouldn't have been surfing it, you know, maybe just hang out with him, uh, you know, maybe play some video games. You don't have to really go anywhere. You just chill and, uh, you know, help him rehab a little bit. Uh, my, I would It would probably be Garrett Temple for me just because he's older and has kids and we'd both be like, sorry, we can't hang out. We have to, you know, take care of our children, but uh, maybe – you know, maybe maybe I'll send you a funny meme later of like, you know, Steve Belichick or something. Josh Hart is someone I think I could I could vibe with well. So this is our segue, guys, into the Saints. And before we get Chris Connor, impatient bull on Twitter is a handle. Give him a follow. One of my favorites. Uh, before we get into the Saints and which team is do you think most resembles the Saints in their first four games this season? Think about that one for a moment. Who's the guy on the team you would uh, want to hang out with, or you think you'd vibe with, and who's the guy you're you coming up with that excuse like, nope, 
Can't do it, man. Got plans. <laughs> sorry, man. I got work. Oh, sorry. I locked my keys outside of my apartment. I can't even get in, so I can't get to my vehicle. Sorry about that. We're, we're, we're both ends of the spectrum here with the Saints. Um, I am not hanging out with Chauncey Garner Johnson. It, it is not, <laughs> it's not happening under any circumstance. I now, why is that? You feel like you feel like he would he would get you punched, or you feel like you would want to punch him by the end of the night? I, no, I would not want to punch him, but I feel like there is a at least a sixty five percent chance that depending on the mood that Chauncey is Too in, high. Yeah. that a fight could break. I, it's not. I'm going to want to fight with him. I just, it's not, but that's not the reason that I left the house. An honorable mention in that is Marcus Davenport. I don't, I like some anime. I'm not trying to spend all of my time with him watching anime. Mm-hmm. Um, who would I like to, to, to kick it with? Man, I mean, it has to be Alvin Kamara. I mean, uh, Alvin Kamara. I mean, yeah. I think this, you know, solid dude, cool dude. Uh, just different. You know, he always, he's always in different spots of the city. He, he goes wherever, wherever he wants. Uh, you know, he kind of, you know, he, you can't, you can't speed him up. He lives by his own. His, his so, energy, and I don't mean like on the field. I mean in life. That it, it seems like it would be infectious in a good way. Absolutely. I guess, I mean, he, he, he would be a guy. Um, Malcolm Jenkins. Um, either him or Demario Davis would probably be the other one. I just feel like you know those guys are solid guys. You know, solid dudes, and are and you know whether you know I can just imagine you know you know whether you go to some. You know, laid back lounger. You know, you kind of kick it there. You know, you know, smoke a cigar, something like that. Have like a. They definitely look look like guys that drink scotch. You know, which you know would be you know up my alley. You know, okay. every now and then. You know, or maybe they go to you know a nice spot and you know they show you a good book that they read. Have you so, uh, you know, have you tried uh, getting back to Kamara? Have you tried his cereal? I saw some celebrities that tried it. I haven't tried it yet. Yeah, you, you know what? Uh, I have not tried it, but I did see you know I did see a bunch of a bunch of celebrities uh, that you know they tried it. Lou Holtz uh, surprisingly had a lot of positive things to say about it. Um, yeah, man, that was that was very interesting. It was it was really big on social media last week. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I appreciated you sharing that with me. I hadn't seen it, but getting it up there, it was uh, it was good <laughs> stuff, man. <laughs> All right, which Chris Connor, I guess what a. Which I said before the season, of all 32 teams in the NFL, I think the Saints had the widest gap between their floor and ceiling. Um, the first two weeks only sort of made me dig deeper into that take. Week three was good for the most part. There were a few moments, and then Sunday. I mean Sunday, it was just the word frustrating does not do justice to to that game. I mean, a game they should have won. Sean Payton's a great coach. I thought he had one of his worst days. Um, but then I remind myself of sort of how I felt and people were thinking this team, you know, they need to be better. They need more consistent, just a lot of new players, lack of continuity, Sean getting in his feelings of the first four games. And, you know, when you lose your first home game in October, since Scott Fujita was on the Browns and Rob Ryan was their D coordinator. That was the last time prior to Sunday the Saints lost a home game in the month of October. It had been a while. Um, ironically, I referenced that game last week before this game, not thinking at all that it would actually come up again. But here we are. Uh, what? Which of the which team in the first four games? What do you think is most resembles what the Saints are this year? Well, 
Um, it's probably some some kind of mixture between um, the Week Three Patriots team that came out and the team we saw last week against the Giants or Sunday against the Giants. Now, I I mean, look, right? There is um, there is a part of me that realizes that what we're watching right now, and Sean even mentioned it, like they're just trying to win. And I think when he says that, what he, what he really means is we're just trying to get by, right? And we're trying to get by until the by. Like, that's, that's really the goal. And it's kind of been, you know, um, a part of the team that, you know, has been, you know, hasn't been talked about enough for them. But, that, but, but that's really one of the most important factors of this team. Like, you know, they're missing a lot of key guys that, you know, can really uh, – make important factors and make, you know, uh, they can be important elements of this team. Um, and they've been able to, they've been able to win games, you know, win some games. They've been able, you know, they should have won Sunday's game without a doubt. But, you know, you know, you have to be honest, like uh, it's not ideal, right? It's not ideal missing your starting linebacker and missing two, two starters, two very, two very good starters on your defensive line when they're, you know, when they're healthy, you're missing added cornerback depth. Um, you know, you you know, you're one of the best wide receivers in football. He isn't healthy. The backup tight end is hurt. You're missing two two really good offensive linemen. Like you you're missing another, you know, starting wide receiver, you know, and Traquan Smith. Like they have uh you know, but you you're starting kicker, right? Sean doesn't even feel confident kicking the football. Um you know, but the the end of the day, the end of the day, it's very Difficult. No, no, nobody wants to hear that, right? Like, like Elvin said in Week One, nobody cares. You had an opportunity to win that game against the Giants, and you know I get it. Like, you didn't have from a defensive standpoint, you didn't have film on uh, Kadarius Tony, who was an absolute like. Yeah, he was. He was almost. He was almost as athletic as Bo Nix was Saturday night. <laughs> no, he was. He he was electric, man. You know, you, it was John Ross's first game. I mean, even though you know you know what he's there to do, you you hadn't had film with him on the offense. I mean, Evan Ingram is you know is back and healthy and playing. And then, I mean, putting that on the field with you know with Kenny uh, Kenny Galladay, uh, and without a pass rush like the Giants, Saquon Barkley, like they have they actually even without Darius Slayton. And you know uh, Sterling Shepard, they have a bunch of different weapons. And I mean, and it's, if you're just looking from an athletic perspective and the type of schemes and sets that they can run, it's pretty it's pretty ugly. Like it, it, it's pretty tough, you know, for a team that um, you know isn't still all that depth at at cornerback. And you know, as good as Chauncey Garner Johnson is, is in the slot, he's not the type of guy that's going to be able to to check a freak like. Darius Tony, obviously, who released off the line was was ridiculous. No, no, nobody was checking him Sunday the way he looked. He just looked like he knew it was it, it was his opportunity to make plays happen, and that's what he did. I mean, that's on one side of the ball, but at, you know, offensively, um, I mean, look, Sean. There are some things that Sean has to be better about, even when the team is healthy. Um, you know, I think that you know you you're going to have to. Nick, Nick Underhill said that he felt like it's just, it, Sean's play calling or some of the conservative uh, approaches that we've seen is just 
like we talked, like I talked about in the beginning, it's just about getting by more so than it is a, um, a belief in Jameis. But, I mean, there's certain things that it still don't make sense even outside of that. You know, kicking a field goal 58 yards with a guy that just isn't, he clearly isn't confident right now. I mean, if you want to get his confidence back, if you want to try to get him on the right, the right path, you want to keep something a little bit closer. You don't want to kick a 58-yarder when he just went for it on fourth and three before. And in, on, on that play, uh, running a toss lane in that period, they clearly frustrated, you know, Alvin. You know, when, you know, I mean, just given not – Jameis had, had, you know, in my opinion, I think his, his best overall game. Like, I was most impressed, even more than the Green Bay game with the five touchdown passes. I was more impressed than what he did Sunday. And I think him having – I think it was after, what, the 10-minute mark was Ross Jackson that said he only, he only had one pass that he threw – I, I I just we needed to see more of him. I think he's going to need more opportunities to you know put away games at some point. And Sunday would have been a good chance to kind of see that. And maybe you know we're talking about something a little bit different today. Chris Connor has been our guest. Um, it's uh, the team. I, I feel like we're going to have Sundays where it's just dopamine, like Week One. Um, depression like week two, great way to kick off a week like week three, and then just anger like week four. It's and you could say, oh, that's every year with the Saints. It's it's not. I mean, it's you know we've we've kind of been spoiled the last four years. It's been a, a lot more good than bad. Yes, there was some stress. Don't get me wrong. That's always going to be there, but I, I think we're in store for a very up and down season. But to your point, right? If you can. Just get past that by, and you, know, you get Michael Thomas back. You get Traquan Smith back. You get David Onyemata eventually back for the Halloween game. You know, start bringing some guys back into the fold. Will Lutz, good Lord, man, could you use a kicker right now? Um, things can start to turn, and, you know, with seven teams in the playoffs this year, maybe you get in. But I would just say that um, emotionally, just just be ready to experience, what's that old movie, Inside Out or whatever with a – that that could be they could make a sequel this year and just go into the mind of Chris Connor and he would experience all of those emotions just watching the Saints every Sunday. <laughs> I, I, I mean, look, you know, I I think that there was a lot that was that was unexpected or you know that we had to just watch play out with this team. And I mean, I, I mean, listen, you're you're replacing uh, one of the, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. You have some, you know, some new starters that's coming in. You traded for Bradley Roby, and what you still have to work work out a role, a consistent role for him. You know, a more a more active role. While you know your rookie calls him a Debo kit snaps as he, you know, pretty much was playing well before uh, Sunday's game. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there's still some things that they're going to have to figure out. They're gonna James is gonna have to get a groove with all the new receivers that come back. That's gonna take some time. Will we be able? Will Adam Troutman ever show up? You know, um, from a you know a receiving perspective, um, you know, there's definitely some you know some unknowns that you know that left, and that's going to uh, create some inconsistencies. And Sean is going to make mistakes. Uh, he's also going to do some good things. Tate is going to have some good plays and bad plays. Jameis will throw another interception in the game, which he throws multiple again. You know, it's just it's just going to be a part of the ride, but. You know, I think the ultimate goal for this team, you know, should you know should be to ride that wave, at one point or or another. But you know, kick it in the stride. 
you know, as the season, you know, starts to get longer um, and you start reaching, you know, that, that December part and you're talking about maybe a team that can make the playoffs, whether that's, you know, competing for the division or that's, you know, in, as a wild card. But I do think that, that this team is good enough and talented enough to be in the playoffs. Um, I mean, if they're going to be inconsistent, you'd rather them have, you'd rather them do it now, you know, and hopefully figure it out as the season starts to uh, wind down. And, you know, maybe, you know, they can end up making a run once they're healthy because, you know, once a team is healthy, I, I mean, you know, you're talking about one of the most talented teams in football that have a good, uh, that have overall good chemistry, I believe. And they have leadership in a lot of places and in, 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 in a lot of, you know, in, in the right places. So um, the talent's going to be there. It doesn't matter if they can get these guys back, you know, in enough time to click and, uh, you know, win some important games as the season continues to go on. Chris Connor has been our guest. My final question for you, Chris, it's actually a baseball question, but I know you're there in Chicago. Uh, you don't have to expound on it a ton, but – is there excitement for the White Sox right now as they get ready for this uh, this game coming up against the Astros? You know, my Chicago people are spoiled, man. It's like you know, it's just they have, you know, you finally get a get get a Cubs World Series. Uh, I think was it 2016 or 15, whatever whatever year it was. And as the Cubs start to start to fizzle out, and you know they they trade away their their entire core that was on that team. The White Sox are bubbling, and it was almost like it was just supposed to be this way. People saw this coming years ago uh, when they when they traded for for Moncada, and you know they drafted Kopech and company. But um, no, I mean it's it definitely definitely some excitement here, man. Um, um, I think that people people are definitely you know it's, you know they're worried because you know you're playing you know you know the Astros who uh, you know are are always going to be you know, threats, you know, when we're talking about World Series contenders, I mean, the talent is, is, is there from top to bottom, you know, I mean, you know, all over the place, especially offensively, um, you know, but look, I mean, so are the White Sox, you know, now, um, and, it, you know, at least in, in this type of situation, they don't have to, um, you know, their issues throughout the year was more so towards the back end of their rotation and their lineup. You know, was, was missing some key guys, uh, but now, I mean, now they're healthy. Uh, the lineup is at full strength, and they're just as dangerous as you know, say Houston is. So, um, I believe Lance Lynn is going to start that game. Who, who had another? Um, or no, no, I'm sorry, it'd probably be it'd probably Rodon. It's either Rodon or you know Orlando. Either or, you know, you can't go wrong. Rodon had a had a uh, Cy Young worthy kind of year, and uh, Lance Lynn was getting the solid for them. So. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I think that, you know, the South side is, you know, definitely happy to see the team back in it, you know, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's uh, tough. You know, yeah. But, the Astros you know, are favored too. here, but I, I, I like, I just, the White Sox are feisty. I think the ALDS will be one of the more fun series, uh, this postseason. I'm looking forward to it. And, um, yeah, I you know I'm a glutton for punishment. I I've rooted for the Mets my whole life, so I'm used to not having much oh. to root for this time of year. Uh, but that's another oh. story. That is Chris Connor. You guys follow him on Twitter. Impatient Bull. I'm Patient Bull. However you want to read it, he gets his <laughs> way out of it. Uh, is it an oxymoron? I don't know. It's kind of a lot of things. He did not think about his handle nearly as much as I do, but I think it's 
I think it's brilliant. And now I'm going to shut up. Chris, appreciate No, go ahead. I'll give you the final word. It's it's what one of those guys do. The final word is yours before we let you go, man. Anything you need to add? I, I mean, your, your ability to, to, to observe and make conclusions about things that aren't uh, – that aren't in the know is you know is astounding and is what is what makes you great, man. Oh, so thank right. you for having me on, man. And hopefully next time we can talk about it a little bit more. You know, we can have more exciting things and happy things to uh, to talk about going forward. We'll bring you on on a, on a week where the Pelicans are are winning games and the Saints are coming off of a win, and uh, you know maybe one of them does something on social media. We can uh, we can comment on and somehow come to terms with whether or not they'd be cool to hang out with. Just make a way too strong observation because that's what we enjoy doing, or at least that's what I enjoy doing with you. And we can both do impressions. <laughs> that's, that's good. Yeah, I don't know who that was on that the, the serial theme, but that was uh, those were good. I'm going I'm to I'm have to meet that guy. It's good stuff. Thank you for sharing <laughs> that with me. Appreciate it, Chris. All the best, man. All right, Scott. Be easy, man. You got it. That is Chris Connor. I'm Patient Bull, Impatient Bull on Twitter. Give him a follow, Canal Street Chronicles and The Bird Rights. Jay Walker coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, digging into Major League Baseball playoffs, college football surprises, and more. Who 